shooting out sparks over 38 states, the Canadian plains, and the tequila fields of Mexico. A program most deserving of a grand introduction. The Nocturnal Journal. The talk of the town. WGN Radio 720. With your guide, Dave Hoekstra. Daytime turns me off and I don't need maybe. Howdy, uh, welcome to the Nocturnal Journal tonight on WGN, and we're spending two hours talking about medical marijuana, pot, weed, I don't know what we call it, we'll figure it out in, in a minute. In the 10 o'clock hour, we have uh, Mr. Blotto playing some songs in the studio, Chicago's top, the Midwest top jam band, they're up uh, practicing right now. And in the first uh, segment, we have uh, two guests I'm going to put on the mic, we have John Sullivan, Senior Vice, and tell me if I'm getting this right, John. Senior Vice President of Chicago-based Cresco Labs Medical Marijuana Company. Yes, that is correct. And we also have our friend Brooke Schwartz, an RN. Hello. How are you doing? And you're going to be talking a little bit later about uh, the health benefits of hemp oil. And we're going to talk about hemp. I'm talking about hemp. And hemp is, there's a lot happening with hemp, too. A lot happening with hemp. Mm -hmm. But what interested me in this is, like, there's a lot. This, we were talking in the green room. The news cycle on this topic is just moving so, so, so fast. So can you just talk about right now what's happening in Illinois and with, with Pritzker and legalization stuff, and then we'll work backwards? Sure. So there are actually uh, uh, new Governor Pritzker uh, talked quite a bit about uh, legalizing uh, adult-use cannabis in Illinois. Uh, we fully expect uh, that to be happening over the course of the next year. There's... Uh, one bill that's been put forward by uh, Senator Staines and Representative Cassidy uh, that they've spent a lot of time and work on. Uh, we've been happy to be a part of uh, discussing that with them. So we expect uh, adult-use cannabis to be uh, real in Illinois uh, within the next year. And what, what does that mean? I mean, what does it mean? And I've, read, I've just read stories about what does it mean for, like, pension funds and what does it mean to the economy in Illinois? What, is, what does it mean to the listeners out there? It, it will be a great boon to Illinois' economy. There's no doubt about it. Um, the amount of jobs that have already been created uh, just with the medical industry in Illinois uh, is really incredible. Uh, and you can think there will be thousands of more jobs um, once uh, recreational cannabis comes here, which will increase revenue. It will uh, uh, for the state as well, uh, with the tax policy that I'm sure they're, uh, they'll put in place uh, with uh, this new product. So, Ten states have ended marijuana prohibition right now? There are ten states that have uh, full uh, recreational uh, cannabis. That's correct. Michigan's one of the more recent ones? Michigan just came online, yes. Now tell, me, tell us what Cresco does. So Cresco is a uh, medical and, uh, and recreational cannabis company. Uh, they're based here in Illinois. They started as an Illinois medical cannabis company. Uh, they grow, process, um, and uh, uh, sell at a retail level um, cannabis products uh, to consumers um, in six states now. Um, so spread out across the country, including California, Nevada, uh, Arizona, Illinois, Ohio, um, Pennsylvania. Um, so it's... Uh, the, a company that recently went uh, public on the Canadian Stock Exchange um, valued at about $2 billion. So it's uh, become uh, a huge company, a leader, certainly, uh, in the cannabis uh, industry in the United States. Why the Canadian Stock Exchange, I suppose? Is it because it's uh, legal there? It's still Yes. Yeah. Uh, there are still federal laws uh, in the yeah. United States uh, that prevent uh, uh, United States-based companies from uh, going public uh, on the New York Stock Exchange, for example. So... Canada was the place. Now, define medical marijuana and these dispensaries. I mean, the other day I was driving around Pilsen, 
And there was one in Pilsen. I know there's one talking about there's one up by Wrigleyville, right? There is. There's uh Has Tom Ricketts tried to buy your... <laughs> <laughs> he has not. No, no. We have not had a discussion no, about no, that. Uh, no. But, no, I mean, so I, 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 we were planning the show, and then I saw one in Pilsen. And so what are they? What happens there? Who goes there? Sure. Yeah. So there's 55 uh, dispensaries that are currently operating uh, in Illinois. Um, and basically, uh, Cresco uh, has five of those uh, dispensaries, and uh, a patient will go to their doctor. They'll get a recommendation from their doctor, uh, stating that they have one of Illinois' conditions uh, to get uh, medical cannabis. They'll come in after they get that recommendation, uh, and the first time they walk in, they'll sit down with one of our patient care consultants. Um, sometimes we'll spend a couple hours uh, with a new patient explaining all the different means uh, and methods of uh, ingesting cannabis, all the different forms they can get it in. Um, you know, uh, cannabis has uh, evolved quite a bit. It's not something you just roll and smoke anymore. We have uh, tinctures and edibles and uh, mist sprays for your mouth and lozenges and um yeah, uh, you know, cookies, cakes, candies, um, all different means uh, of ingesting cannabis, whatever's right for the patient. I got a question for Brooke, but you, you brought that up. What about, what are, I've never had them, but what are Mindy's edibles? So, Mindy, so it's uh, uh, Cresco partnered with an award winning chef uh, based here out of Illinois, Mindy Siegel, uh, who has uh, created a full line of edibles for us that uh, taste great and uh, give a consistent dose of medicine to the patients here. And uh, we're actually taking uh, Mindy's edibles. Uh, in all the other states uh, that uh, Cresco is operating in. So Mindy's amazing, and her uh, edibles are great tasting. Do they come in different flavors? Or they what? all kinds of different flavors, di- uh, brownies, cookies. Um, yeah, she's really done great, great work. Wow. Brooke, so I'm, I put you on the mic a little early. So we're talking about patients finding, and from your background as an RN, how do patients find this? What type of uh, situations are they in where they need this type of help? We're going to talk to a patient in a little bit, but talk about... What does how this helps them out? Well, for the medical marijuana, they need to find a doctor to be able to prescribe them right now. It's not legal yet in Illinois, and so they need to get them their medical card. And so there is usually there's a whole application to fill out, and um, it's usually about a ninety day wait to get that. Um, I really speak more from the hemp piece of it, yeah. um, but this is just speaking to people who are familiar with the process for getting medical marijuana. Um, and then it's a matter of, at the hospitals, if somebody is taking medical marijuana, uh, basically the family member or the patient needs to take it themselves. The nurses aren't administering this. This isn't something that we can give the patients. And so that's really how it works. In one of the great things Illinois just did is there's not going to be a 90-day wait anymore. Awesome. It's, it's one of the best things that just happened with the recent uh, Opioid Replacement Act. Um, now when patients get the recommend, recommendation from the doctor, they're going to be able to walk into a dispensary uh, within 24 hours and get access to the medicine. So fortunately, end of January, that process has all changed. It's really an exciting time here in Illinois. And again, what, 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 how does this help patients? What type of ailments do they have? My mom, I mean, she was, she, she had dementia. She was 92. She said she never did it, but she said, I'd really like to try marijuana. She thought it would help her relax and stuff, you know? And yeah, no. And actually one of the uh, great projects I did, uh, as when I was uh, running two dispensaries, um, and then, uh, later with Cresco is, uh, work with patients, 
uh, in nursing homes, especially with Alzheimer's. And uh, the effects are just dramatic. The anxiety involved with dementia and Alzheimer's is just um, overwhelming. The drugs they give Alzheimer's patients have horrible side effects. Uh, marijuana does not have those side effects. Um, you see dramatic results with reduced anxiety, ability to communicate. It's really, um, it's uh, you know, it's a wonder drug for people in those situations. That's fascinating. I mean, this is new. When did this all really start taking off? Two ten, two eleven, two twelve. I mean, yeah. Well, it's been uh, about four years in Illinois. Yeah. Um, you know, out in Colorado, uh, they were uh, way ahead of us. Um, uh, California was obviously. Uh, the leader uh, of this, but you know the studies um, over the last five, six, seven years that have been done um, with patients uh, have really uh, proven uh, the benefits of cannabis. Even the National Institute of Health uh, has recognized uh, the benefits of cannabis now for some conditions. So uh, we've made great strides. I mean, we're really turning the tide on the stigma uh, that's that has next... been uh, going along with it. Yeah, that's my for both of you. The question about the stigma it is diminishing. It is. I mean, there, there's no question. I mean, we, the, I've talked to uh, numerous doctors who were hesitant at the beginning, but have come around, you know, now that they've seen the benefits. Um, you talk to people, uh, you know, patients when they come in, uh, you know, our average patient were, were, is women over 50 years old, right, um, who have never used cannabis before in their life, right? And now they're coming in and they see the benefits. They're talking to their doctors. They're talking to their friends. I mean, the stigma, especially you look at polls now, 80, 85 percent. Uh, of America is in favor of medical cannabis. So uh, the stigma is virtually gone, gone yeah. in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to uh, bury the lead, but <laughs> I'm just really fascinated. Talk about you, what you did before this. Uh, I was a uh, prosecutor in the Cook County State's Attorney's Office for 10 years. I spent my last four years in uh, the gang crimes uh, office uh, uh, or part of the State's Attorney's Office uh, prosecuting mostly uh, gang homicide cases. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And then you went into this. So, yeah, it was probably one of the last people you would have expected to go into medical cannabis. But uh, I uh, had a friend of mine who introduced me to uh, a group uh, that consisted mainly of pharmacists and an MD um, who had spent a lot of time studying and looking at medical cannabis. Uh, they asked me to look at it from a law enforcement perspective to help them set up a secure place where they knew the product wouldn't be diverted. Um, and I met with them. I spent... Uh, the next three days reading everything I could on cannabis, and uh, it was really eye-opening. I mean, it totally changed my perspective. Um, and then when I opened the two dispensaries, um, the, I, we had patients coming back literally the next day, um, hugging us, crying, then slept through the night in 10 years. Um, they couldn't get out of bed and go to work. They were ready to get on with their lives again. So it's uh, it was really uh, an eye-opening experience for me, and now I'm one of the biggest champions for it. Isn't that something? Um, was there anything – Was this <laughs> is this more relaxing than your previous job? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, everything's changing in cannabis so rapidly. It's pretty intense, too, but uh, it's uh, a different kind of intensity, that's for sure. <laughs> um, we, again, there's this news I just heard today, I mean, in a, from the law angle, about uh, – as this is happening in Washington, is this becomes legal, um, reviewing the sentences of people incarcerated for marijuana offenses. Can you talk about that? And the, the, the cost money to keep these people in jail for things like this. It, it certainly does. Um, there are a lot of people that have been in jail for a long time uh, for cannabis offenses, for other drug offenses. Um, and there was just criminal justice reform uh, passed in the uh, nation's capital um, that is going to do a lot to change that, although that is just for federal prisoners. There's still a lot to be done. 
on the state level. Um, and that's another great thing we've seen uh, in some of the drafts of the recreational bills here. Expungements for people who have been convicted of cannabis offenses before. Uh, doing more to help those communities that were most affected uh, by the war on drugs, the war on cannabis. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I'd like to talk. There's so much more to talk about. I'd like to talk about strains. I'd like to talk about border control, things like that. So don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. I was alone, I took a ride, I didn't know what I would find there. Another road where maybe I could see another kind of mind yeah, welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. We're talking about cannabis. And in the studio, we have John Sullivan, Senior Vice President of Chicago-based Cresco Labs, a medical marijuana company, and also Brooke Schwartz. We're going to talk a little bit more after the news on uh, hemp and the health benefits of hemp oil and things like that. On the phone, we have Carmen. Are you there, Carmen? I am. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for uh, taking some of your Saturday night out. Now, you're a medical marijuana patient, right? Yep. And talk about how you found uh, the dispensary, what it does for you. Tell us a little about your history with uh, how this came into your life. Well, uh, I've been in and out of uh, the hospital and surgeries and stuff like that, and I got tired of the pain medications and everything, and I was like, there's got to be something. So I sat and did some research, and I came upon uh, some dispensaries and stuff and got into MedMar and started, you know, getting into it, and then I uh, had to meet with my doctor and get a card and everything else to get started. Um, what is MedMar? We, did we skate over that earlier? Talk about John. Um, MedMar is a, uh, we have two, we have some in Chicago, and we actually have one in Rockford. It's the dispensary that I go That's to it. to get all my medical marijuana products. And... Um, we were talking, I don't know if you heard in the segment before, uh, the age group. Can I ask you roughly how old you are? I'm 32. 32. So was there, a, we were talking about stigmas, and uh, when people take this route, were there stigmas among your peer group? Uh, how, what did friends and family say about this? I mean, were you a pathfinder in something like this? I mean, yeah, I, I try to get everybody to kind of get educated on it because there's really not anything bad about it. It's changed my life completely, and just by me doing it, and my life changing that shows other people that hey, you got to try this medical marijuana because it does work. And how has it changed for you? Um, I went from taking enormous amounts of pain medications to being in a hospital every day of my life. To I haven't been in a hospital in the last two years. Um, I don't take any pain medications, and if I do, it's a rare occasion. It's just nice to not have to have that withdrawal and stuff anymore. Uh, stay on the phone, John, um, and maybe this will be applicable uh, to you, Carmen. What type of, and this, I don't want to get too wonky, but what type of strains are used and how are they directed? You know what I mean? Uh, that's something I know nothing about. Sure. Uh, at the MedMar dispensaries, we've had hundreds of different strains that have come through there. And, um, you know, our patient consultants uh, who are there typically know strains that work better with different conditions. There is some trial and error with it. Um, but uh, generally, after some trial and error, we can hone in into the, to the, the products that work best for the individual patient. And uh, like Carmen said, we've seen great success uh, with that approach. So let, let's do a, a, a case thing. So Carmen walks in 
right, Carmen? You go in. What happened? Like, what happened on your first visit? Who'd you talk to, and how does the process work? Um, well, on your first visit, when you come in there, you you know you meet with the security up front, and they'll you tell them that you're a new patient. And then they'll have someone come out, one of the staff members will come out, and they'll sit you down, and they'll give you the whole consult of, you know, products and how they can help you and what they have to offer you. And they're there step-by-step through the whole process. How much research? You said you did research. How much research did you do before you went in? Oh, I do a lot. (laughs) A little (laughs) too much, I guess. But it's a good thing. I mean, you got to know what you're doing and what you're getting into. And it really helps to have, like, uh, the LeafFly app or Weed Maps because you can go on there and say, hey, I got this conditioner. Like, I'm tired of feeling this anxiety. And it gives you the strains that will help that. So, yeah, how many different strains, John, how many different strains would there be in Hundreds. Yeah, there are literally hundreds of yeah. uh, of different strains. But again, you know, we've uh, we found uh, many that work best for anxiety or uh, if you want to sleep. We found we have great strains if you're having trouble sleep uh, for pain reduction. Um, you know, for children with epilepsy, we've really yeah, I've mean, heard that yeah. they've uh, they've honed in on these. You know, it's one of the great things about Cresco Labs. They have uh, a team of medical advisors, uh, and they're constantly doing research and honing in their products to to uh, do more of a pharmaceutical delivery system to really get the the technology of it down. Uh, Carmen, have you passed it on? Do you know other friends who've gotten involved in this? Oh, I've gotten uh, a few of my friends to get their medical marijuana card. I've walked them through the process. I've I've showed them the doctor. I've told them what they needed. It was very helpful because you know, my mom, she has epilepsy, and for her not to have seizures is just an amazing thing. You just, you got to see it for yourself. So it has helped kind of her? Thing sometimes. It has helped mm-hmm. her out, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, we have caller uh, Lisa, I think, has a question. Don't go away, Carmen. I might have one more for you before we break for the news. Thanks again for joining okay. us. Caller Lisa has a question for John. Lisa, are you there? I am there. Hi, John. Hi, everybody. How are you? Hi, Lisa. Hi there. Hello. So my question is, um, I have had, I've been on opioids for four years. Um, I've had failed back surgeries all over the place. So I'm trying to get off the opioids. I can never say that word. And my doctor says, yes, let's go ahead, try the medical marijuana. My question is, I just heard you speak about um, by the end of the month, if you're trying it to um, for the opioids that you can get approved within 24 hours, so it, how, it's actually how, going to be for all of the conditions uh, in okay. Illinois. You're going to um, what the Department of Public Health has told us is they're going to have the computer system set up by the end of January that is going to allow for you to walk in with your doctor certification. Uh, and they will email you a, a temporary card, and as long as you have your state ID and your temporary card, you can get um, access um, to the um, to the dispensary right away. You won't have to wait the. Okay, you. Has been I'm days. sorry. You you said walk in, walk into where to get the me, the temporary medical marijuana card. So you're going to be able to online. Walk in. You're talking. Yeah, you're going to be. You're going to. You can do it online from home and update uh, mm-hmm. and put in. You're supposed to be able to do it online and uh, and uh, put it into the state system and get your temporary mm-hmm. card, but you'll also be able to walk into uh, any of Cresco's dispensaries, um, uh, the two MedMars certainly, uh, and meet with the person there that uh, will help you uh, through that process uh, so that you can get your temporary card right away as well. Is there an online? Right. Now, Go ahead. 
I'm sorry, should I wait till the end of the month for this process or should I just go ahead and start it now? So actually, um, the Department of Public Health is having a training on this very topic next week for all of the okay. dispensary people. So we'll know exactly, I, you know, the people that are kind of caught in the middle right now that are waiting for their mm-hmm. cards, my guess right. is that they'll give them temporary cards right away. Um, okay. But, uh, the state of Illinois hasn't quite told us that yet. So I don't want to promise okay. anything without hearing from them first. Well, it sounds like I should just wait till the end of the month then rather than send it in and waiting the 90 days. Or uh, Okay. I think, um, and I'd certainly uh, invite you to call either one of those dispensaries tomorrow, um, and they can certainly talk you through um, both of those options in greater detail. I am definitely going to do that. Thank you so much for your help. My pleasure. Okay, thank you, Lisa. Uh, Carmen, you're still there? For, for both of you guys, before yeah. we, we break uh, for the news, his uh, involvement, I know mean, Willie Nelson's always been, I'm talking about pop culture icons, but uh, <laughs> Willie Nelson's always been on this. Now Jimmy Buffett's on board with his Coral Reefer stuff and Snoop Dogg. I mean, is, 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 is half kidding, half serious, has, has the pop culture people getting behind this kind of softened the whole stigma that we were talking about earlier? I, I definitely think it has. Yeah. Um, it's always been big uh, in music, and, uh, certainly. <laughs> Bob Marley. Uh, yeah, yeah no, no question <laughs> about it. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's just becoming more mainstream. I mean, the amount of places I walk around and see people wearing Cresco hats, T-shirts, you know, people just aren't even are, are not afraid anymore to show that they're involved in these programs. It's really going away. Same question, Carmen. Uh, I would have to say yes, you know, because if it wasn't for someone that's bigger than the smaller person, you know, people don't really adjust to it too well. That's great. That's, I think it's a good thing that they get involved in it. That's well put. What do you do? What do you do? For, can I ask you what you do for a living? I don't even know where you are, but what, what do you do? What kind of work do you do? Oh, myself? Yeah, you. Yeah. Um, actually, I do not currently work because of my conditions, because of the syndromes that i have they're uncurable at this time so i don't really do much other than uh make you know custom stuff at home and stuff like that okay uh before we let you go john are there uh websites and ways people can reach out yeah, absolutely. If you're uh, especially interested in signing up, uh, you can go to medmardispensary.com. There's also a lot of information on uh, crescolabs.com, uh, Cresco's website. Google either one. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks, thanks, Carmen, for calling in. Not a problem. And good luck to you. Thanks, thank you, too. Okay. Thanks, John. We're going to take a break for David Jennings' The News. We'll be back. We're going to talk about hemp after this on WGN. We are. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. We're talking about medical marijuana, legalization of marijuana, and things like that. Our next guest is Brooke Schwartz, RN. And uh, I was trying to think of ways to take this conversation. I'm looking through the local newspaper out where I live, and I see, well, Brooke, you're going to be doing a thing on 7 o'clock, January 16th at the Riverside Public Library on the health benefits of hemp oil. Yes, I am. So there's a guest. (laughs) Thank you. So talk about that. And I know less about hemp than I know about cannabis. So, But I know there's a lot of stuff happening with hemp. Legal now in all 50 states. It is. It is. Yeah, thanks to the 2014 Farm Bill. And now we have the 2018 Farm Bill that Trump just signed. Um, You know, hemp is cannabis. Mm -hmm. So uh, marijuana and hemp both come from the cannabis plant. They both have cannabinoids in them. Um, The most, uh, you know, 
common are CBD and THC. And it's, uh, you know, they both, we make cannabinoids in our body. We have an endocannabinoid system. So we make this. In fact, we pass cannabinoids in our breast milk to our babies. So well, this I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. So Did you know that, John? I did not know no. that. Yeah. So you guys all learned a little yeah. fun fact. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. But this end, we have this endocannabinoid system. This is newer science, and this is only taught in about less than 15% of the medical schools in their curriculum. And so this is newer information, and it has the most receptors of any receptors in our bodies. And so we are designed to receive these cannabinoids from the plant, and it's really uh, fascinating. And so... Basically, I think a good place to start is that, you know, hemp has more CBD than THC in it, uh, has very little THC, less than 0.3%. And what exactly is THC? For the THC is what causes that high. high right. yeah, yeah, so that's uh, what people are probably most familiar with when they think about marijuana. Um, and so it has, you can't get high from hemp. And yeah. so... Um, but then marijuana has more THC in it and less CBD than hemp does. And it seems like the, the CBD is what's getting the attention. That's what people are seeing on CNN. There's movies that are being made about it, documentaries, and it's just been really exciting. Your own story, um, you really weren't taught much about this in nursing school. You were oh, zero. Me. Zero. Zero. And uh, how did it come to you? We were talking earlier about the whole war on drugs era mm-hmm. and stuff. So how, how did it come to you and how did you open your mind up to it? Uh, you know, it was actually hearing Charlotte, uh, hearing about her with Dravet syndrome. And so she You know, what is that? It's a seizure disorder. And this little girl, she was like, I think she was three years old, and she was having up to 300 seizures a day. And where was this? I'm sorry, a week. 300 seizures a week. Was this around here? Um, No, it was, I I don't know exactly where they were living. I wish I had more information about them. Um, But they had a segment, a a segment on the news about this. There's some documentary about it. But the parents were using all these different medications. They were using anti-seizure medications, benzodiazepines, and the seizures weren't getting better, and they were actually losing their daughter. She was uh, not uh, present. She was kind of this catatonic kid having these seizures. And so once they finally found a doctor that was open to CBD, and as soon as she took it, the seizures stopped. And so when I started hearing about these stories, about how um, this was affecting people significantly, I wanted to learn more. And so that really was my aha moment to be like, I need to find out more about what this is doing for people. And how did you go about that? So um, I started to uh, research online. you know, I think it's really important for people to know that you need to know where to go for reliable research. And so PubMed.gov has been my friend, uh, as well as uh, there's a great uh, website called ProjectCBD.org. And there's another one called EchoConnections.org, which uh, is very informative about cannabis in general. And it's been uh, there's great research articles and they summarize information. And it's been a fantastic resource for me to find out more information. It's interesting. You told me. Um you weren't really a user before all this. Mm-hmm. I'm putting in air quotes and stuff. And, and this is another question for John. I was talking to Jason today. Who all is coming into this industry? It's all kinds of different people. It's not just a bunch of st- not a bunch of stoners and no. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. Can you? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's becoming a highly professionalized um, because it is so highly regulated uh, yeah, right. industry now, right? So um, a, a lot of professionals, uh, a lot of doctors, a lot of MDs, a lot of nurses, pharmacists. Uh, are really getting involved now. Uh, people are able to research a lot more now, so it's becoming much more scientific and uh, much more professional. 
What does this mean for uh, uh, for farmers? It's, I've heard this is the next big cash uh, crop for Illinois and stuff. Can you can you talk about that, Brooke? Oh, sure. This is going to be a great industry for our farmers. Hemp, um, yeah. And hemp, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, um, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like one of the things I, I, I want to say is that it's really important how it's grown. Um, hemp is very versatile, not just for, um, you know, for people who are looking for health uh, benefits. Um, but hemp's very versatile in, in other things. Uh, you can make clothing with it. You mm-hmm. can make paper with it. You can... Um, you know, they have hempcrete, so you can make houses with this. And it's also can be used for um, uh, uh, gasoline or, you know, as a, a type of uh, fuel. And it's amazing how versatile it is. It grows quickly. and um, But when it comes to our health, it really does matter how it's grown. It's really, really important because these plants are bioaccumulators. And what that means is they draw everything from the environment, from the soil, from the air. Um, if they are sprayed with pesticides, herbicides, something like that, that's that's going to go into the product. Um, they draw in heavy metals, which is prone to giving us neuroinflammation. Um, so it's really important the the if i can give any advice tonight the number one thing i would say is whatever product you choose to to use that it has a profile that it has a certificate of analysis it yeah. must be tested it has to because you don't want to be putting something in you that can make you sicker and it really um one of the things that make me cringe is thinking about people um telling me oh yeah i went to the gas station and got some cbd it, it makes me cringe because you know it's not going to help them. You just know it. And um, it actually can make them sicker. And I think that's really the most important message that I came here to say. John, you nodded your head. Yeah, no, I, I think there's no question. One of the great things that Illinois and several other states have done with the medical cannabis program is the, the strict testing requirements. You know, and now that the hemp bill uh, has been passed here in Illinois, you know, that's what we really hope to see. That when it's grown, that there are no pesticides that are harmful, that are used, uh, and that there's as rigorous testing as there has been for medical cannabis because we certainly don't want to make people sicker and when you look at some of the things that are available online that are uh, imported from china and other places um you know there's some real danger out there some of the synthetic marijuana that's out there is horribly dangerous so we really need i mean strict testing know what you're putting in your body make sure that it's uh, been tested by a lab and you know where you're getting it from it's critical Fascinating. Both you guys, what did you learn coming into this this process that you didn't know, into this business that you didn't know before? Go first. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I really knew nothing. I mean, yeah. I, I had no idea uh, how helpful this is to so many different people across so many different range groups. You know, um, there, there's a saying, and I'll, I'll butcher it, but, they, uh, you know, if we found this plant in the rainforest today, um, and uh, brought it in. Everybody would want to use it. it. It's got so many beneficial uses. Mm. I, I mean, it would be uh, widespread, but the whole war on drugs really stopped us from yeah. that, you know, and I was involved in the war on drugs to a degree, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but now as I see it, as I see patients come through every day whose lives have been changed, like Carmen, um, it's it's really just, just staggering, and we need to get the word out. We need doctors to, more doctors to get on board, uh, more research to be done. Um, it's, it's, it's critical. Yeah, same thing, Brooke. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I knew nothing. Uh-huh. I knew absolutely nothing. And um, Charlotte's story was really how I got started. Um, I, I feel like how this fits into my life and, and how this has been a great marriage with being a nurse is that um, in nursing school, we're taught about homeostasis and how important it is. And we're living in a society that is people are stressed out and we get stuck in that fight or flight. And that's where this whole like inflammatory response happens with our bodies, with our brains. Uh, people start to get sick, and this endocannabinoid system that I was telling you about shuts down when it's when you are living like that every day, day to day, day to day. And so, what happens is these receptors that I was telling you about earlier, when they start working again, when this endocannabinoid system starts functioning, that's really how this is working. This isn't like you pop a pill or you you know whatever you is happening yeah. with uh, with the cannabis. It's not like you take your spray or you you smoke whatever and then it, everything goes away it's just really something that um, you want to nourish your body you want to take this and, and get those receptors working um, I really feel like the and what I've learned is that tinctures really are one of the safest ways to take this type of a product um, you know, smoking can, you know, there are some side effects with, you know, it can be carcinogenic. So it's something to think about. Um, also, if somebody is very sick with something like cancer, that um, taking something like a uh, something that's sweet, you know, sugar's not so great for for that. So people need to be informed with uh, with how this with how it works with their bodies. Okay, don't go away. We're going to have a couple more guests. I want to talk, kind of finish the segment up with where this is all going. I also want to talk about Prime Body. I haven't forgotten about that uh, either. Yeah, so, Prime My Body. Okay, that's Prime My Body. Right. Mm-hmm. So don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN, and we're talking about marijuana, cannabis, et cetera, et cetera. We're joined with two more guests. We have already John Sullivan, Senior Vice President of Chicago-based Cresco Labs in the studio. We also have RN Brooke Schwartz, and we really do want to not let her get out of the studio without talking about Prime My Body. Also joining us in the studio is Mark Peskovich. Is that close enough? Close enough. Lobbyist for this cause. And on the phone, we have Morgan Fox from the National Cannabis Industry Association in, in D.C. Is that right, Morgan? That's right. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for joining us and making time out in your schedule. Tell us what you guys, briefly, what you guys do out there, the National Cannabis Industry Association. I saw maybe 2,000 members? Uh, we have 1,700 members yeah. right now, and uh, the primary focus of our work is to lobby in Congress for fair treatment of the cannabis industry and for the end of cannabis prohibition. And how's that, uh, that? We've been talking about some of this during the show, but what I want to kind of wrap the segment up with is where's this all going? Where's it going the next couple of years? Uh, well, this uh, coming year is going to be very exciting in Congress uh, with uh, Democrats controlling the House and with uh, a lot of supportive Republicans uh, that are in favor of cannabis policy reform in uh, control of key committees. I think that uh, we're going to see a lot of progress, uh, if not uh, at least a hearing on a comprehensive bill that would allow states to determine their own policies. Uh, we're at the very least going to see a lot of uh progress on things like allowing banks to work with cannabis businesses and allowing uh, cannabis uh, businesses to uh, be able to pay normal taxes like other industries instead of being uh, 
you know, uh, heavily stripped by uh, the federal government. Where does that stand on the local level here in Illinois? Uh, it's huge on the local level. I think there's three banks in Illinois that actually bank the can- cannabis industry. None of them are federally chartered. Um, there have been times when banks have shut down entire uh, programs and made us deal entirely in cash, and it's it just uh, makes our lives really tough. So the, the work they're doing out in D.C. is absolutely critical critical for the cannabis industry. Mark, where do stand where do things stand right now with legislation here in Illinois, and what's the timeline here in Illinois? So we have a new governor who's being sworn in on the 14th of January, uh, J.B. Pritzker. He has been openly pro-cannabis. Um, so we are going to have two things happening um, over the next few months. Number one, the medical program that you've been hearing about today is due to expire in 2020 right. because it's was enacted as a, as a pilot program. Uh, and so we have to make that program permanent uh, and make some tweaks, I think, uh, sort of implementing some of the things that we've learned over the last few years. And uh, separately, uh, there will be a couple of uh, legislators working on uh, a bill that would uh, legalize adult use uh, cannabis in Illinois. And uh, Morgan, are you there? Uh, for the whole panel, we were talking about this uh, before uh, the segment break. Uh, can you talk about uh, creating opportunities for the disadvantaged businesses to enter, enter the cannabis industry? I mean, uh, so it's just not all like an upscale white thing? Uh, absolutely. And uh, I think that the best ways to do that are to make sure that the barriers of entry into the industry are very low and that uh, programs that encourage uh, um uh, uh, retroactive amnesty and uh, expungement of criminal records for cannabis uh, arrests uh, so that people can take advantage of uh, being able to uh, get involved in the industry. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, Illinois is going to be uh, have to look to uh, Michigan very closely because uh, Michigan's micro-business license uh, uh, system is going to empower a lot of small business owners. And uh, I think that it's something that uh, the people that are looking at the, the regulatory structure really need to look at. Is that happening now in Illinois? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, as we've talked about the uh, recreational licenses here in Illinois, there's definitely been uh, a lot of discussion, a lot of focus on the those communities that were hardest hit by uh, marijuana, you know, past marijuana policies. So definitely, that is definitely part of the discussion. I'm certain we'll be part of any bill here. And there are really three pieces to this. The number one piece is uh, when recreational marijuana is legal in Illinois, it's going to bring in over a half a billion dollars a year in taxes. So uh, issue number one is how much of that money is going to be put back into the communities that have been hardest hit by the war on drugs. Uh, Number two, uh, we want to be able to have job training and access to employment, and that in part depends on being able to employ people that have less than a stellar uh, uh, criminal record. Uh, And number three, we don't want to just have employees. We want to make sure we are creating employers uh, as well as employees. And there, uh, as the others have mentioned, access uh, in terms of not having to have $3 million to start a business, uh, yeah, right. not not having to have a half a million dollars just to get a license. Those kinds of things are going to be 
uh, critical. And also, you know, uh, we're here in Chicago. There's a million different incubators uh, and startup uh, 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 mentors and other kinds of groups uh, that help new businesses. Uh, And I think we're certainly going to have to, there's a bunch of us who are talking about it now, certainly uh, having to look at an incubator so that we are creating business people um, who may have uh, the uh, inability to enter the market without some help. And we need to have a supportive environment for folks like that in disadvantaged communities. Morgan, um, I'm a novice to a lot of this stuff. I'm trying to do the research as, as fast as I can. And, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like stuff's just breaking every day. Is this is this really a fast-moving industry? Are your hands full over there? I mean, people have all kinds of questions. Uh, how fast is this moving forward? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, the fact that uh, we now have a much more supportive Congress coming in means that we're going to have a lot more uh, potential for change at the federal level, and I think that that's going to embolden a lot of changes at the state level as well. Uh, and, you know, even the states that have already started moving in this direction are starting to uh, really pick up the pace uh, because people are sick and tired of, uh, you know, being arrested or uh, even cited and fined for possession of something that's safer than alcohol. Uh, this is an industry that should be controlled by legitimate businesses and regulated by the states as opposed to uh, by uh, controlled by criminals. Uh, one other thing, um, it's in the news. Uh, I have a story here. This uh, I'm citing uh, the think tank Cato Institute, which says here, and our panelists can uh, respond to this, state-level marijuana legalization has significantly undercut marijuana smuggling. Based on Border Patrol seizures, smuggling has fallen 78% over a five-year period. So can you elaborate on that? Yes, we're making it, we're going to make it legal. We're going to make it uh, immaculate. Uh, we're going to know where it came from, how it was raised. We're going to make sure it's safe. We're going to make sh- sure we know all the ingredients. Uh, and we are also going to take away the market from drug cartels. Uh, and we're going to tax the heck out of it and hopefully create a lot of money for a lot of important things that have been neglected. Yeah. That's absolutely right. You know, the bottom line is that uh, people would rather buy cannabis from places where they exactly know what the sourcing is and they know that it's quality controlled. And when you allow them to source it from uh, those places, then you eliminate the uh, the criminal market. You know, maybe not entirely, but you significantly undercut it. And that's really what we're talking about here. Okay. Um, how can people find uh, out more about your organization, Morgan? Uh, you can go to thecannabisindustry.org, and we're also available on Facebook and Twitter. And let's go around the room. John, t- give us an update on how people can find you guys. Uh, yeah, go to uh, crescolabs.com. Uh, uh, we're in uh, six states, California, Nevada, Arizona, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania. So if you're in any of those states, uh, look us up. Uh, come find us. Why is Illinois so important to you guys? That's where we're we're from. This is yeah, where, this is where it. it all started. Um, and you know, Illinois was the f- one of the first really highly regulated industries. And with our background, myself as a prosecutor, other guys in the industry f- came from a highly regulated banking industry, um, and uh, we just fit really well here in Illinois. Brooke, I'm going to keep you, so we're still going to talk about the oil <laughs> stuff. But uh, talk about your event in Riverside. Oh yes, uh, on. January 16th at 7 p.m., I will be talking about cannabis and specifically about hemp, but giving some, uh, you know, blanket information about medical marijuana as well. Um, And, yeah, it's 7 p.m. 
January 16th. It'll be a great, a great time. Free, fun. And Mark? So uh, my main client that I'm the lobbyist for is HCI Alternatives, uh, also Illinois-based. We have clinics, uh, uh, dispensaries in Springfield and in Collinsville, Illinois. Uh, and you can uh, find us online, HCI Alternatives. What's the next big story in this story? What's the next big thing that's going to happen down in 2019? There are going to be several yeah. big stories. One of them is going to be uh, expungement. Yeah, that's uh, and that's happening uh, in the news over the last couple of days. Uh, Governor Ensley and Washington's doing it. So there are going to be a lot of people who have prior to this been unemployable, who are going to become employable, not just in this industry, but they're finally going to be able to make a living. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I think that that is going to be a major story. The billions of dollars that government is going to bring in is going to be another major story. Okay, thank you guys. Hang around. We're going to have some Mr. Blotto music after David Jennings in the news.